Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Now, when you find that, like in that particular case, that a lot of times when you explain what the problem was and what the answer was to someone else, they they think, well, that's very obvious. That's not a big deal, but it really is a big deal. Do you find that it's hard to yeah. communicate that to other Sometimes people? Sometimes we don't even know what the question is or how to phrase the question. Yeah. But we get help with that too. That's one of the things I help people with, like what what is also the question beneath the question? You're peeling the onion. And then what seems like a easy problem to one person is the big problem for another. And, uh, you know, I, I came with a question that was so obvious in hindsight, the answer, yes, of course I could have solved it myself, but I didn't. And there, and, and then I see the benefit and also networking with these people who were there in person. Retreats are intimate. Uh, you know, if you go on, like I do in a mastermind and you go on a few retreats over a year, you have connected with these people often for a lifetime. Yeah. And that doesn't work online. It, it just like, uh, you know, yes, we've connected now. So if I reach out to you, you know, you can come on my podcast, whatever, like it's a network, but it's not the same. If you spend a few days with someone, you've had dinner, you've had lunch, you've had a glass of wine. It is. Uh, often for life. Okay. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. You don't have to do this, but <laughs> just for illustration purposes, what was the problem that you were trying to figure out when you flew halfway around the world? Yes, absolutely. Ready to share. So a year ago, I lost my marketing team and I was in a difficult spot personally myself. I had been helping my parents my dad landed in uh, intensive care in Spain. I flew over to Spain. I was out of my business for two months. Uh, my marketing person who's been on my team for six and a half years, I knew I had to let her go. Luckily, she left on her own. But the rest of the marketing team said, oh, she's leaving. I'll leave too. And so <laughs> I was there without, with no energy, you know, because right. I had personal challenges helping my parents. Sure. Uh, that was in isolation for 64 days. It was a really horrible time in my personal life. And then I had this a professional challenge that was top. So I was not in a spot to build up a new marketing team. And I, I got an outsider to, to be like an interim marketing manager. Right. And that went okay for several months. And uh, we even had one of our best launches uh, last January, seven-figure launch one of our programs. But of course, after a while, I knew this person isn't on my team. I've, I've borrowed her onto my team. And so this question of team structure, what I had before, I knew I wanted to do it better this time. I've been a CEO for 18 years. I know how to build teams. I've read a lot of management book, uh, you know, done an MBA. It's not like I don't know how to build a team. But somehow, Maybe when you've had personal challenges and you've made a couple of bad hires, your self-confidence, you know, goes lower. And uh, also, I have a personal brand business. I cannot compare my business to the team structure I had when I was running a web software company. It's a very different 
team setup you need. So this was in my mind. I didn't figure this really out. So I came with this question to the retreat. Turns out that, you know, I had hired the COO and I was trying to use, uh, do you know the book Traction? Uh, No. No. Traction is about how to scale up. Uh, There's also another book called Scaling Up, similar principle. You hire a COO, you hire an integrator, you know? You are the visionary because you are the founder of the business. And so you have an integrator. And this is how Walt Disney, you know, and many big companies have been run. And often you don't know who the COO is. They're in the background. So I had hired finally my CEO uh, about a half a year ago. And according to these books, you just uh, facilitate, you share the vision with the integrator, with the COO, and they execute And I thought, this is brilliant. It saves me a lot of time. I just talk to one person. They relay everything else to the rest of the team. It doesn't take into account that when you have a personal brand, that your voice, your message gets lost in translation when you communicate with COO and the COO communicates with your marketing team. Right. And so my biggest insight, and maybe this is not a revelation for anyone, but I needed it for some reason, is that the marketing manager is as important in a personal brand business as the COO. And this is really, I need to be speaking directly. I cannot have a middleman. And I had this a year ago, somehow forgot, maybe the personal challenges. Uh, And now I was like, yes, now I need to know how. Now I know how to structure my team. Well, it's a matter of, by the way, how was your dad? Did he come through? Yes, he came through. We, it's pretty much a year ago, we flew from Spain back to Iceland. He's doing okay today. Uh, but yeah, I realized this was a traumatic experience for me, and it's taken me a year to recover from it. Well, tell him I ask about him. I'm, I'm proud of him for hanging tough. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, we'd like to meet him one day, you know. <laughs> but the thing is that with... All of us, you know, the answer to that is we've got to know what are the things, where do we need to insert ourselves into the equation for maximum results? Now, if it's a personal brand, right, you got to be in marketing your face there. Now, if it's not someplace else where you're watching the numbers or you're maybe you're interacting with the management team, the executive team. And you're spe- like, where do you spend your time? Jesus only dealt with 12 people. And <laughs> so it's going to be hard for us to get a winning strategy where our core group is. And even there, he had uh, Peter, James, and John, three, his three main uh, people, and then 12. And so the thing is, very few of us are, are able to run things with large numbers, but it's like, who are we going to spend our time with? And so in your thing, it was a matter of getting clarity on, okay, I can hire people for servicing, support, back office, numbers, product delivery, you know, whatever that is, uh, pipeline, website, technical, but me, I've got to be in front of the people, you know? And so uh, that's, that's a key decision for all of us to make. And that informs us uh, like right now, I'm not, you know, I'm like content creator in our, in our world, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I stay in my lane. 
I, because the thing is, every job is important. Every, yeah. every job, that's the complexity of life comes up on this call all the time. And that's what people uh, uh, need to learn. That's why you can't, you know, your standard life coach, uh, simplified book and simplified formula, here's how you win, doesn't work because life is complicated. And, uh, you know, you're not going to find one formula where you, you can win in the stock market because every day is an adventure. Every day is different. And uh, for the next 20 years, every day is going to be different in the stock market. You know, you can find similarities, patterns or whatever, but you're not, not going to find a Forex trading system or some other kind of system that always is going to work for you, you know. And so the, uh, you, have to, you, have, you have to be in it. You have to think. Yeah. And, yeah. and make change, you know, it's like good luck with Elon Musk on the autopilot with a car, you know, be, but in my world, it's, it's, you've got to drive the car and it's nice to have the, the aids where if you drift over into another lane, it beeps, you know, that's helpful. Also, I love the thing. If you get close to the car in front that, you know, the speed control, I love that stuff, but that doesn't mean you don't have to drive. You know, yeah. you got to keep your eye in the road. You can't just be texting away and hope that the car will do it. And maybe, you know, they'll figure it out with uh, the uh, self-driving cars. But basically, in life, they're not going to be a self-driving business. You're no. never going to, you know, and that's the thing about bringing in a COO, a CIO, all a CEO. Somebody's got to keep an eye on them. You can't hire anybody that you don't have to keep an eye on because no one knows your business like you do, you know? And so that's important for us to know where is the most valuable use of our time. Uh, yeah. And uh, you've, you figured that, figured that out. And sometimes you have to go around the world to find something obvious because it's, it's the application of these yeah. ideas that. And then, and then you, you've, you've had something, you know it, but you lose it for some reason because I lost my marketing manager and I thought I could set up my business differently, realizing actually what I had with her back in the days, even if she wasn't the right person anymore, was exactly what I needed. I need a very close connection to the marketing manager so it doesn't get lost in translation what I want to be having communicated, my messages on the internet. Yeah. And yeah. you know what I find, Sigrun, is that on these calls, in talking with people and getting them to explain how they do things, how they look at things, people wind up uh, explaining things to themselves. It's like they start realizing, oh, yeah, that's how I do it, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, this is just an example of how I have used masterminds and retreats is, is coming with possibly a relatively simple question, but somehow it seems complicated in the moment maybe because of decisions you've made, maybe some personal challenges. And what I found a lot, it, it's not really the strategy. Like I think people are pretty much at this level, you know, when they are in these million dollar masterminds, they pretty much know how to run a business and everything. But sometimes it's just the mindset. There's a block. There's, there is something that just doesn't make them do the things, for instance, you know, doing a podcast interview, I have recommended to my clients who are at this level or want to achieve the seven figures, get on podcasts half a year later, 
they are not, still not on podcasts, you know, yeah. because, you know, it's, they are launching, they're trying to sell and, you know, posting on social media and all that stuff. And I said, podcasts, you know, because everyone is asking about lead generation. That's really the favorite topic at all these retreats that I attend or that I host is like, where do we attract our clients? And I was like, what one obvious solution is be on podcasts. Yeah. And how do you tell them to get it's it, but Sigrid, I think you got to go beyond that and you got to tell, and I'm sure you do tell them how to get on podcasts. What do you, right. what, have, what do you find is the one, two, three best avenues for people to get on the right podcast where they can make the biggest impact? Well, there are, you know, one easy solution is uh, hire podcasting agencies and right. they will help you create a one sheet and they will pitch you and you pay them a fixed fee for getting yourself on 20 podcasts. Uh, you can also do this yourself. Uh, I use a tool called Chartable uh, where you can just see uh, all the charts of all the different countries, all the different categories. So let's say I have a client in Germany. I look up Germany. Uh, and then C is in the entrepreneurial space. I look up entrepreneurship and business. And then we can look at the top 200 podcasts. And then you look at which podcast is uh, receiving guests because not all podcasts have guests. Some of them are solo uh, podcasts where just the host will speak. And so, and then you come up with your pitch and you tailor it a little bit for each, uh, you know. And if you really want to take it to the next level, you maybe send a video. And, uh, you know, and a very smart thing is to actually listen to the podcast you're pitching to yep. and, leave, and leave a five-star review. And when you pitch, you say, oh, I listened to episode so-and-so. I loved it. I left you a five-star review. I would love to come on your show and talk about topic X. Yeah, it's hard to turn someone down uh, who does that. It's almost <laughs> impossible. And now <laughs> we gave people a very good advice who want to come on your podcast. <laughs> If that starts happening, I'll know where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, were you? Uh, what have you learned from your podcasting? Uh, was that an instant success, or did you have to make changes, learn how to do it, make adjustments? I think it's very hard to have an instant success with podcasts. Although when you launch it. You should launch with at least five episodes. Actually, I launched with 10. I yeah. launched with 10 episodes and it was instantly in the top charts in uh, obviously Switzerland and Iceland, the two countries I live in. And then right. in many countries in, 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 in around Europe, uh, it was also in the top charts, uh, Germany, where most of my clients come from. And then I did 100 episodes in 100 days. I'm a bit crazy. <laughs> And uh, so that definitely uh, helped the podcast to get recognition. Um, but then, you know. Is that interviewing other people? Is that interviewing other people? Uh, yeah, um, I did a mixture. I did solo episodes. I uh, interviewed other people. And I also did what I call on-air coaching. So I would, you know, interview clients, but basically coach them live. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really love doing that. And uh, and they would often share it a lot more than maybe a famous guest. 
you know, typically famous guests do not share so much. It's right. better to have a little bit less famous people and you need to email out to them all the assets so they can easily share with you, uh, share with their audience. And I, I remember when I was doing this 100 episodes in 100 days, because I was so busy doing these 100 episodes, I missed a little bit that part, you know, actually emailing my guests and telling them the episode is out and here is the image and here is the audio and now you can share on social media. But really, podcasting is a long game. Do not go into it if you are not really sure you can commit for a longer period of time. Don't expect instant success. It's, it's, it's at the end of the day, not really about being in the top charts on day number one, because that's relatively easy. It's like being a bestseller on Amazon. It's also relatively easy. It's about the long game. Are you actually going to do this for years? And, you know, constantly showing up, constantly, you know, uh, being there. And uh, that's really what it's about. Now, uh, so what did you learn from, uh, how have you been changed by doing the podcast? I've become a better listener. Yeah, you have to. And I, I, I wasn't so sure I was a good enough listener before I started. Yeah. And I, I asked my podcast editor, like, how we need to record the podcast. And she said, really give people space yeah. and wait until they're finished because that makes it easier for the editing. And I'm like, so it was mainly for editing reasons that I really, and then I noticed I, I just was practicing listening, truly listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealanwinning.com. Thanks for listening.